0: Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And today we're going to take a little bit of a different approach to our conversation. We're typically talking with administrators or classroom teachers. And now we get to actually spend a little bit of time previewing a film that's going to be coming out from I Love Public Schools, and I'm really looking forward to just learn a little bit about the story behind this film, the why to the creative process that went into it, and I'm so grateful uh, that Brittany Massio and Sally Nelson Barrett and Andy Marinkovich are all here to give us that backstory, and so welcome to everybody, and actually I'm going to pivot to Brittany first to give us a little bit of an introduction, Uh, just each of us if we can take a moment to kind of share with the audience who you are.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much, Andrew, for having us. We appreciate all of your praise for our project. And this is one of the projects that we are most passionate about right now. So you mentioned at the top that we are, I Love Public Schools, and that is definitely something that people know us by. We are the people with the t-shirts and as this project has rolled out over the past 10 years, we have expanded beyond just knowing us from a t-shirt to the filmmakers and the storytellers that has really been the origin of this project the whole time. So Nebraska Loves Public Schools is our formal name, but you might know us from the I Love Public Schools t-shirts. And we hope that with this new film, we can help cement the identity around this project and help people really see the stories that are happening in our schools.
0: Yeah, and having had a chance, and thanks, Brittany, for the sneak preview of this film. I'm so excited for people to be able to check it out. We're actually gonna be releasing this podcast on the launch date. Uh, And so if you're listening to this, you should definitely go check out the film right away uh, following, but uh, we have our directors here in Sally and Andy and so I'm gonna let them take turns kind of introducing themselves. And then we'll kind of set up our conversation about the film, so Sally.
2: Great, Um, thanks again for having us. This is super exciting and I love having my teammates on with me. I'm Sally Nelson Barrett and I'm the founder of Nebraska Loves Public Schools and the co-director of The Mind Inside entire series and, and typically the director on the over 50 films that we've made since 2011. And then let's talk to Andy Marinkovich.
3: Thank you, Andrew, for having us. I am Andy. I started off my journey in the content creation world as a still photographer. And I feel lucky to be, I've been with the project since the beginning. So for over 10 years, we've been working on stories It's been a great combo of stills and video and our video stories have only grown. And I think with what we're releasing here, episode three of the mind inside, it's one of the, one of my most proud films that we've put together.
0: I share your passion for wanting to get the word out about the great things that are going on in education. And I just love that you all are in that space and and doing that through video and through this film and, It was just a joy to be able to to watch that. And so, as Sally, as you mentioned, 50 films-ish, right? And we're talking about this being the third of The Mind Inside. Uh, Can you kind of frame the series for us to begin with? And so what is kind of the why behind this, The Mind Inside title? And uh, where does this sort of fit in the progression of that series?
2: So five years ago, we were working on a film about immigrants and refugees and the challenges that they face and the opportunities that schools give them to help them be successful. And as we were talking to many immigrants and refugees, the issue of mental health came up. And that was our experience of many of the refugee stories. At the same time, the universe was starting to talk more about mental health and the need for us to kind of demystify it and normalize it. So it was really difficult because I thought, how in the world are we going to get people to talk about this? And the idea for the series was, we did some deep dives into research by talking to uh, a huge group of social workers and to try to get an understanding of what are the typical issues that that walk into a school. And I think our jaws dropped because I just don't think we had any idea. We don't come from education. We've been in schools a ton over the last 10 years, but this is not the work we do every day. So we were fortunate to find some good friends over at Millard Public Schools, and they invited us into um, Millard North Middle School. And we thought that would be a great way to give people a sense of mental health 101. So we all think about the counselor's office when we're in school, right? Like at some point, all of us had been to the counselor's office. What does it look like in a middle school right now? And we had the opportunity to just sit and watch and film these kids coming in and out of the counselor's office and get a sense for, wow, it's much heavier than anything I have ever dealt with. We also talked to a teacher and many teachers, but how does mental health show up in their classrooms and how do they handle that? So when we finished episode one, we also looked at social media and that was a big concern for people and the impact that it's having on kids. I have three teenage daughters and I myself was witnessing some of the bullying and whatnot that was happening. We were fortunate to have Dr. Adler from Ralston open his heart and his doors to us to come in to learn more about what happened with his son Reed who took his life when he was a freshman in high school. But the episode isn't centered on what happened to Reed. It's really a bigger look at social media and the impact that it has on kids' mental health. Then we were actually looking to go to a rural area because we'd heard so much about access being an issue when you're in a smaller community. And this story just came to us. And it's not rural, but Joanne Lundgren who is on the school board in North Platte, reached out to us in January of 2019 and said, you've got to come out here and see what's happening in North Platte. We have many, many struggles, but we also are cobbling together solutions to try to help make kids successful. So it was clear from the very beginning that there's way too much stuff to cover in one film. So we decided to make the series and that's a long answer.
0: Uh, I- appreciate you sharing all of that. And I wanna take the opportunity here in the midst of our podcast too, to just share the trailer. Uh, really, so it'll extend your explanation there.
1: Hi, we're here at the high school and she's reporting drug use in the home. She's reporting no food.
4: She needs help. She needs some long-term help.
2: How many students are in your district? 4,000 students. And how many people do your job? One, plus Officer Johnson.
4: I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of worried about you. I'm concerned with you not showing up for school. And if you're not showing up to school and you're not dealing with those issues, you're not gonna be successful. And we want to make sure that you're successful.
2: I think inherited trauma has a lot to do with what we see. History is repeating itself because the underlying issues haven't been dealt with.
1: I feel like North Platte within the last five years has had just a progressive decline. A lot of that was railroad layoffs and that's hit our community really hard. Over half of our families live below or at the poverty line.
4: I think moving into the school opened my eyes. You know, when it comes to poverty, when you see that um, roll down into a child's life, I think it puts it in a little bit more perspective. Is there anything I can do to help you? We are seeing a ton of drug
2: problems. Children who are being put in terrible danger because not only do mom and dad use methamphetamine, but mom and dad's friends who come and go at all hours of the day and night are also using methamphetamine. And I don't. We're dealing with physical abuse, neglect, and other things that could be traumatizing a child, all definitely occurring with multiple children in a classroom.
4: And we expect these kids to be in school every day.
1: Don't you want your not diploma? Not really. Why would you not want your diploma? I don't really want to do school anymore.
4: And there's nothing to be ashamed of, and like that. Those are normal feelings, and sometimes we just need help dealing with those.
1: Most kids, even in rough situations, have hope and aspirations
4: for their life. <laughs> So I know it takes a lot of courage, but you know that my office door is always open for any of you guys, okay? How's it going, bud?
1: I really do believe in education is the key to breaking that cycle. I wouldn't be working in the school system if I thought there was a different avenue to help kids.
0: All right. And as you were sharing there a moment ago, Sally, I was thinking about how so many of us as we go to school have that perception that everyone's narrative about what it means to go through any educational experience tends to be narrowed to the scope of their own. Uh, And the the need to sort of branch outside of that, even if we're in a small rural community, I grew up myself in a town of 3000 people, and my mom is a school nurse, and I am continually just floored by the stories that she shares from her own personal experience with all of her kiddos that she sees on a regular basis. Because I, even in that small of a community was not aware of some of the uh, disparity in those I'll just call them experiences. Uh, And I thought that this film really spoke to just what it must be like for people, not all that dissimilar from my mom, (laughs) like people people who are in these roles that are supporting these kids in this broad spectrum of experiences that need help, that need someone to be there to be a positive influence for everything from food to clothing. Uh, And the film does a phenomenal job of kind of capturing some of that. Once you identified North Platte as a place where you'd like to pursue this film, uh, what was the next step then, right? And so, so how do you get into developing a relationship with Brandy and, and start to frame this around maybe a, a little bit more of a singular narrative within that?
2: Um, Andy, every time we talk about this, I imagine you and I sitting here with a stool and the phone on top of the stool on speaker talking to Brandy for the first time.
3: Well, talking with Brandy, I think it it opened our eyes to the potential of what could be going on out there. Uh, What was what she was dealing with, and what we could potentially capture. I think because we had experience from the first two episodes, we knew a little bit of production-wise what we were getting into. But then you don't know necessarily what's going to come through the door once you get out there. Because I remember her sharing a few of like here's here's some recent things that happened she set up some some examples for us and you know once we start hearing those things we get excited uh just at what the potential could be for the story that that is out there that we can share so we pack up the gear we get dates on the calendar and we go out there with a, a bit of an idea of what could come through the door but you don't really know And I think that's one of the things I get that adrenaline rush when we get out there, because once we turn the lights on and turn the cameras on, everything could be a potential vital shot for the story. So you're kind of in this hyper-awareness of always needing to be ready. And I remember we get out there and Brandy's in a normal day when we meet her. And she says, all right, here we go. Here's what it looks like. And we get to a situation and we're a small crew. There There was four of us. Sally directing and also interviewing, being curious and asking more questions as as we hear things and see things unfold. But then it's myself, one other cameraman, and we have one guy that's dedicated to audio, but also he's got the flexibility if, if we needed to pull him over onto another camera. But we kind of go in blind on these. We don't know necessarily what room we're going to be in. We don't know who's coming through the door. Is it going to be a parent? Is it going to be a kid? Uh, We don't know the story that's going to unfold. So I think one of the things that Sally and I had a lot of discussion after we got off the call with Brandy was we had to figure out, not knowing what was going to unfold, how we were going to be sensitive to capturing these stories. So that was tricky because I, I think in a lot of the other work that we do uh, on more of the feel good, happy stories that, that show up uh, on our website, everybody can be on camera. We don't have to worry about masking or being sensitive to the students or, or anybody else necessarily in the film. Going into it with these students, yes, we got there okay to share the story before we started rolling on on a situation, on a scene, on an environment, but we had to think with some attention on how we were going to be sensitive to not showing them or not showing a parent. Or in a situation you'll see in the film, we have, you know, we are able to see the parent, but then we thought, okay, we're, we're going to make sure the identity of the student is masked. And it set up some challenges of so, can we shoot through a door frame here? Can we can we film on these angles so that we can make sure Brandy's is visible, make sure Jay, the school resource officer, make sure we can see both of them as they're problem solving to help each one of these students in different ways, and then just with sensitivity around each student's individual story, uh, there was a lot of times where there was closed doors, and we we didn't want to be in the room necessarily because that may have disrupted the flow of things. So we still had audio rolling inside and everybody knew that it was, you know, there was no gotchas in, in the filming. Everybody knew that we were rolling audio, but it was being sensitive. And Jay, the school resource officer, officer Johnson, his room wasn't set up great to, you could see him through the window, but then you couldn't necessarily see who he was talking to. And that's, that's something we get excited about. I think on how to tackle those issues so that we can still, capture a compelling visual that helps translate what was going on. But it just adds a layer of complexity to to capturing the story.
0: Yeah, what were some of those, I mean, to kind of extend that then, what were some of the steps you had to take to be able to get the permission to share some of these? Because they're very intimate conversations, (laughs) as you said. Uh, And ones as a practitioner myself, those aren't foreign, (laughs) you know, those happen, but, but we also know too that they are often shared in confidence and, Uh, so yeah, kind of speak into that.
2: So, uh, Brandy was aware and she knew that every single person that we were going to talk to had to sign a release and we couldn't talk to a student without the parent signing the release. So it's always, the adrenaline is always really high and you never know if they're going to agree or not. And then even if they do agree, I mean, I've edited many, many, many cuts of many different mini stories. And there are a few that we just said, No. Like, yes, they gave permission, but just didn't feel good about it. Brandy was amazing because she was acting as a producer. I don't think I ever asked for a release the entire time we were there. She was always feeding them the releases to make sure that we were okay. And once we got more comfortable with her, we just rolled because she knew, and we also had an agreement with the school that we wouldn't violate FERPA, but we would just roll and then they knew we wouldn't use it unless they approved. So just having that, we spent four weeks out there over the course of a year and lots and lots of phone calls in between. So we had developed a lot of trust with them.
0: Well, and I'm glad you kind of, that was me. my next question. Uh, that duration of time was four weeks throughout the year. How did you kind of parcel that out? Oh, yeah, what did that look like?
2: We went when we could go. The the thing that was hard about, so we went out for a week in April of 2019. I think we even ended up adding a day at the end because there's just so much to tell. And it was chaos. It was chaos. The number of things coming in to uh, Brandy and Officer Johnson on a daily basis. I mean, you'd, you'd sit in their office and you would see six to eight sticky notes on their desk at all times with different student names, different schools, different teachers with issues that they needed to address. And these are issues that no one else is addressing. This is the in-between. This is, um, like you said, food and clothing and calling the child abuse hotline and getting a kid tested for exposure to meth. I mean, there are so many, they are the bridge between home and a child being able to be successful in school. So we'd shoot for a week and we'd be like, that's great. I think we need to go out again. So we went out again and it was just as I was editing, as we were getting the story together, we just kept saying, no, we need to go out again. We need to go out again. And there were also, we were also capturing footage for another episode. So that would draw us out there. And then I would always say to Andy, can we just, can we just keep following? Can we just keep seeing if something happens? And we did. And the universe just opened itself up to us and we were able to capture some pretty incredible stories.
3: Well, and Sally, if I can put aside to that, I think because we stretched it out with a little bit longer timeframe, we would come back and Sally would pull out parts of the story that felt compelling or seemed like they had a little bit more legs to them. So when we went back out again, we knew, okay, we want to know how this person's doing. And you know, and part of you is like rooting for that person to just have some stroke of luck. And I think for the duration of the film that ended up working out nicely, because we were able to see some progression in not always success, but there was progress. And for us to be able to just I think naturally, uh, when you're consuming a story, you want to know what happens to a person. So it felt like a little less of a cliffhanger, since we were able to see this happen over a longer period of time. And you also see Brandy and Officer Johnson continue to like expand their bag of tools that they're able to come to the table with each time to, to help these students.
0: And that like leads me to arrive at the question of, with this film, what do you think it's going to like communicate or speak to for someone who maybe isn't in education, who's uh, watching this? I mean, cause I'm hearing a lot in our conversation here, right? Like consider what it's like to be in Brandy's position Consider what it's like to be in Officer Johnson's position. Consider uh, what it speaks to about communities and the uh, the different challenges that, that are facing America's youth today. I mean, I think there's kind of a lot uh, to parcel out in there.
2: I guess, first of all, I just wanna make sure that that people know that Brandy Busher is the student services director for the whole district. And she's not a social worker, she is, a one woman powerhouse she's kind of a superhero as far as the issues that are addressed Brittany has done a really beautiful job of really articulating clearly what those different paths are and the opportunities that are available to have conversations around the different issues that are touched on in the film and i don't know Brittany, if you want to speak to that Sure. (laughs) So
1: I think that what people will notice most from the film is that there are so many issues that it's really complicated. And I think when you break this down and look at it outside of a school's perspective, there are a lot of social issues that people can have really rich conversations around and trace that back to education. So I think uh, the beauty of this film is it's personal. You see Brandy and Jay, and you see them as human beings in this environment in a school that if you aren't an educator you don't get the experience of knowing so intimately. So I think for those viewers who don't really have a strong tie to education but are curious about and care about what happens to kids this is a window into what happens.
2: Well and I think the way that Brittany has asked us to break up the film in individual pieces that would allow for these facilitated conversations. So it's a look at poverty. It's a look at sexual assault, sexual abuse, drug addiction, access to services and health and human services, the lack of social workers that are available, all those kinds of the courts. I mean, like she said, it touches on so many different subjects that it's very difficult in a, post-screening discussion to pinpoint which one is the one to talk about. So she's asked us to create individual pieces that are much shorter that will create, I think, richer conversations that could get to maybe some action or at least getting people thinking about action.
1: Yeah, I think that they're, like you said, Sally, I think the narratives around the student stories in the film really help people put something tangible around the issues that come up in this film. I think that's probably the most powerful thing that you get is hearing directly from students what they're experiencing. And from there, as a viewer, as a participant in a discussion, you can dive deeper into the issue about whether it is poverty, something with mental health, neglect, any of the issues that Sally had mentioned It it just helps you get really specific and allows you to dive a little bit deeper, but using a real kid as an example and showing like, this is the humanity of what's happening in our schools. This is what happens. These are real people. These are real stories. And I think it opens people up to some empathy. So as they're getting to know a little bit more about the topic, I think they're just reminded of the sense of empathy that we're hoping people get out of this
0: film. Brittany, as you shared before we even started recording, I think that there might be a temptation as you're viewing this to say, well, this is what happens in North Platte. <laughs> this isn't what's happening down the street for me or in the uh, community that I grew up in, if it's someplace that's different. And so what has been your individual experiences with maybe thinking through this film being able to speak for more than just the North Platte community and really reflect that this is a much larger issue worth of our discussion.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, I think kind of hard for me to answer, but I think it's really honest. I think as you view the film, you come in with assumptions. I think everyone comes from a lens where they have assumptions about how things should look or should go or who's a good parent, who's a bad parent, what's the situation look like. And I think what this film demonstrates is that there's an interconnectedness between a lot of the issues that these students face and a lot of these families face. And it's not, it's not about placing blame. I think it's about understanding this deeper lens of well-being in our communities and what does it mean to be in an environment where you are aware of what's happening around you and hopefully can care about what to do next.
2: So just to piggyback on that, Brittany. This is not a North Platte story. Yes, there are aspects of the film that are specific about context, but I guarantee you, you show this to any teacher, anyone in, that works in a school across the country, and they will be able to look at these scenarios and say, yeah, you think that's bad? Look at what we have going on over here. And one of the things that Andy and I asked Brandy and Officer Johnson was, I just wanna make sure that these situations are not outliers. Because it's just the normal stuff that comes through the door, and just double checking ourselves. Because as we sat there, there are a lot worse things, a lot worse that we wouldn't and couldn't share. So these are these are kind of the basic things that that come through the door, and it is not it is not about North Platte. It, it it's happening everywhere, yeah. especially now during COVID. It's so much worse, and, and you also can't judge parents. Like I, I used to be a judgy parent, but I don't know what it's like. Imagine if you are a parent who lost their job, got exposed to meth, got addicted to meth. You're a single parent now, and you know, you have a problem. There is nowhere for you to go. And if you, if you could go to Carney, or if you could go somewhere to an inpatient rehab, what are you going to do with your kid? So I think that there are parents that really need help too. It's not, I don't think anyone intends on having kids and, and being a bad parent I, I think everyone is doing the best they can with what they have they just need more they need more help And I think
1: kind of going off of that Sally and back to your original question Andrew about like is this North Platte specific I think one thing that we're really grateful for is the support from Dr. Hansen and the school board at North Platte for allowing us to be present to see what's happened I think that There sometimes is an inclination to know that there are issues and not be willing to talk or show about what's happening. And I think for this film to have been produced the way it has allowed for us to have a lot of trust and a lot of openness for the school to be willing to have this conversation. So I think that if people take that and see, wow, like if North Platte is brave enough to have the courage to have this conversation in their community, what could that look like in our community?
0: Yeah, and you'd say that's really kind of the call to action behind the film then for folks that watch the film to be able to then carry that into conversations, both maybe under their own roof and then uh, in their community at large.
1: Definitely. I, I think that there were so many issues before the pandemic and then just taking a moment to address like what's happening within our communities right now. I talked to Brandi Busher this morning and she's like, she was very blunt. She's like, if people don't open their eyes and see what this film shows about our community. It's not just your community, it's everyone's community. And it's a national problem. And we need to be first aware and really open our eyes about what we need to see here and then do.
2: Yeah. And it's not, it's not all about complaining about we don't have enough. We need more money. We need more this. We need more that. They have some grants that they've gotten to be able to provide mental health services for their students. They're not Broad in scope, they're limited, but what they're doing is really working. So they are getting some, the school is getting some help. They finally were able to hire a social worker. Now, Millard has 10 social workers and North Platte has one, but it's one more than they had when we were filming. So Brandy is such a fighter and she spends all day, every day advocating for these kids and for the teachers that she works with and the principles that she works with. So they have been able to get some resources and be able to prove success, but it's just a drop in the bucket. There needs to be much more.
0: It's such a powerful film and moving. And as an educator, it's familiar, like eerily familiar in a lot of ways. Uh, And uh, I do wanna ask, before we kind of bring things a little bit to a close, I wanna ask Andy a little bit more about shooting the film. Uh, Because I thought there were a lot of really cool and creative transitions and some B-roll shots that were really well produced. And so you spoke a little bit earlier about some of the challenges that went into it. What were some of the things that you personally just found creatively fun uh, to shoot or things that you really had to kind of stretch your own skill set with in trying to convey the story with all those parameters in place?
3: Well, I think this whole series has been challenging because of the material that we're getting into and it's, it's the nature of the work. Mental health can be tricky and it's not something that you always see manifest physically. So with some of the other stories, you're like, oh, hey, you can see it play out. And uh, that was one of the things that Sally and I went into this together, trying to solve that issue of, okay, this is happening over here, but what are we going to show to help give the feeling of what we're trying to convey, or how can we help take people on a ride and get them a little bit more into the story with maybe not being able to capture in the traditional way. And I think what I loved about this film in particular was we were able partly because of the time that we're afforded with capturing over a little bit longer span, we were able to put stuff together and then come back with intention and really think creatively. Sally and I had so many sessions of, okay, well, how do we want to cover this? And we were able to not just spray it down and only work with what we had but we were able to go back and talk with Brandy and Officer Johnson and say you guys were missing this component of it and we really want to visually represent this. Um, Here's our thoughts on this. Can we make this happen? And sometimes they said yes and other times they said oh yeah but what if we did this and there would be even another better idea and then I mean I get goosebumps thinking about it now. Uh, I think Sally said it earlier They, they never told us no and Sally's a great problem solver. I, I enjoy working with her. And then when we added two more uh, people into that mix of problem solving, they got excited because they were also able to help create the story and bring their ideas to the table. And I think that's something I mean, they've been in that space, that environment, that uh, city for so long. Uh, they knew things that we didn't know. And one of my joys, I was able to spend a little bit of time. I think it was a third time out. Everybody else had left and I hung back for a little bit. And I went around, I just went around the town. It's a beautiful day. And I was able to pick up some B-roll shots here and there. And you you never quite know what might work in the end, especially in the beginning stages. So it was like, okay, hey, I know there's some signage over there that, that could come into play. And then just some of the things that unfold with, the citizens of the community out and about it's not that we went out to recreate something but it's okay these people are skateboarding across the bridge let's pick up a few seconds of that because who knows how that might play in I love that approach to it and I, I love that we were able to give it some breath to for the story to reveal itself and then us go back and fill in those gaps and if if we can continue to do that I think that's successful storytelling in in our eyes
2: Well, and I just, I want to, sorry, just give a shout out to John Husted and Gabe Oss our two additional members of our crew. There's no way in the world that we could have captured all this content without the two of them. Gabe, uh, our sound guy, we are constantly imagine having to be able to record two conversations, completely different topics in different places at the same time, he was brilliant at being able to get me everything I asked for and more. And those drone shots that John Husted got are epic. I mean, this crew was all in and they were completely passionate about it. They took direction. They brought their own creativity to it. And um, we are so uh, grateful for their presence.
0: Yeah, I can see in my mind the over, and we talked about it beforehand, but the over the train car shot, the drone shot there, uh, and there were, there were a number of others that were really just kind of that classic at what you think about small town Nebraska, a feel to it. Uh, and I was going to ask too, just being nerdy, was one of the things that you had to go back and shoot again, Officer Johnson's house? Because I thought that was an amazing piece of storytelling to actually just kind of allow you to wake up with him as he starts his day and you watch him lace up his boots and fix his hair. And put on, you know, his his uniform. And you. I felt in that moment how routine this is. And then you get kind of thrown into the scenarios, right? And then all of a sudden you're in the hallway and that sound that just comes with people moving and conversation and it really in a very short period of time gave us a little window into his personal life and the fact that this isn't because sometimes educators felt way i feel i used to feel like it as well like i'm just some puppet that hangs on the back of the door that comes to life for the hour and a half that you have me every single day uh and, and instead this is this is a real person that's going to work and i don't know i thought that was just a brilliant piece in the exposition to really set up um paint him as a real person
3: well i'm i gotta give sally full credit on that she Uh, I think as we were talking through, she brought up the fact that it's really important that we need to humanize. Because I think, Andrew, like you said, there's so much more to these people than what they're doing. Yes, what they're doing is so important to the community, um, but they also have home lives. And I think for us to be able to humanize them outside of what they're doing every day, which is amazing, but to show that they could go home and take that title off and still show up in a way, with intention, with their own family. Uh, I don't know about you, but man, if I'm dealing with that much stuff, I'm going home with a heavy heart. And I know Brandy Brandy, and Officer Johnson brought that up. Like It's hard to just leave that baggage at work. You're thinking about those people and they're thinking about them over the summer. That doesn't go away. They, they can't turn that off. But what we did see is them showing up for their kids, uh, for their spouses, and it's funny because Officer Johnson is not a morning person, as we were told a few times. And when we said, oh, we got to come out and capture you in the morning, or that's, that's what our hope was. Uh, I just remember Brandy saying, oh, you better bring some coffee to make sure uh, you get it warmed up. Um, but I think uh, Sally brought up a, a great point with the crew that we're working with. Uh, we really enjoy what we're doing. And I think this is now the third film, the mental health series that we've worked with John and Gabe. And we've gotten to this point where I know I appreciate them for the expertise that they bring in capturing this. And we've gotten to a point also where we know kind of the aesthetic quality that we're going after. And I looked at Gabe's expertise from audio and he's like, oh man, you're really, you're stretching here. We got officer Johnson going one way. I've run in two other lav mics and a boom here. Uh, but he gets it done, and we come back, and it all, all works. John, the other videographer, we go into a situation, and there's a lot of times where we can't talk and we're having to look at each other. I feel like we've gotten some signs down of, like, okay, y- you know, it's behind the scenes, but we may have three cameras rolling, and there's only two of us, and we have to stay clear of one camera but we've got to get the action. And officer Johnson is going and lacing up his boots. John captured that entire series of him getting ready while I was outside trying to figure out what we were going to do when they exited. And I didn't, you know, it's not like we talked in detail about what we were going to capture. It's like, hey, you, you got to get him getting ready. I got to get this other set up. And working with a small crew, it becomes intimate and we're able to be nimble. I think partly because of our passion for the, for the story. And, I, the other thing, this, this goes a little bit off track, but I think there's Brandy's and J- Officer Johnson's across our state and, and across the nation. They may not have the same titles, but they're, they're passionate in the same way as our main characters are. And I think part of what we really hope, there's so many layers to, to this film as it goes out, but part of what we hope is that the, the people that are in their position feel seen in what they're doing because it's a thankless job and they're not necessarily when they're fighting for a student to get back in where maybe the student doesn't want to to even be in school they're not getting a call back from that student saying hey thank you for really pushing me Uh, i'm glad i got my diploma but they do it day in and day out. And just the overwhelm of stuff that continues to barrage and how many balls they have up in the air at any certain time. There's so many people out there doing that. And we really hope that this makes them feel seen and continues to help kind of fill them up as they, as they tackle every day.
0: Andy, one of my favorite quotes says, an educator I live by that came to mind as you were sharing there was, uh, and I'm going to botch who it's from, but I'll, I'll just reference it that the work is essentially um, about planting trees under which whose shade you do not intend to sit. And I, I love that thought that, you know, you wake up every day and you go to work and all you're doing is trying to grow the good things <laughs> and the good, uh, as much as that, of that as you can sow out there as possible, knowing that you, you won't realize your your full impact and that's okay but it's really great uh, and I, I'm so grateful uh, to the three of you and, and really, you know, obviously to Brandy and it's uh, Officer Johnson for being willing to take the time to carry that flag for, as you said, Andy, all the people who are out there who won't have a film done about them but can go, yeah, that that's me too. <laughs> and I, I don't feel alone in doing that work because I've watched the film <laughs> and so kudos to everybody here for your heart uh, and passion for this because that's just really inspiring to me and and that's why I was really excited to have you all on to share and gosh i I 30 minutes goes really fast this has been like 40 minutes already <laughs> because I'm so swept up in this uh, and I'm grateful for it too happy that to, you know to talk a little bit I would keep going but uh I do want to give a little bit of time though here as we close to each of you to just share kind of a parting message. Uh, it could preview to some of the things that you have coming up. As I know that this isn't necessarily the end of the work by any stretch that you're going to do, just the, now we get to launch this film. So congrats on that, but let's start, I guess maybe Andy. Yeah, what would you kind of leave us with as a parting message?
3: Well, I think this, this work is never done. And one of the things as we celebrate getting the film into the world, This is really just the beginning, and this is the the handoff. Now Brittany takes the baton, and we're looking at impact. And yeah, the film it can be the greatest award winning film ever, and if nobody watches it, it has no impact. So we can't do what we want to do and get the change that we want to see without eyes on. And this is where Brittany and Courtney, uh, her team, as marketing and impact, get this out to the world and not only share it, but then foster conversation around it. And that's, that's where I'm excited. I so appreciate you having us on your show because th- this is the beginning of that. And I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: Yeah. And so before Brittany talks, let's just say that if you're listening into this, Check out the film, share the link with somebody else, engage in a conversation, right? Whoever you shared it with, make sure you follow up so that we are letting this work live out to its full purpose, right? And that's what we're after. So, Brittany, I'll I'll go, I don't want to take your thunder either. Peter, I think
1: you stole my lines there. I don't want to say that. That's exactly what I was going to say, but I think it was pretty darn close. Um, Yeah, I think impact is the next piece of this puzzle. And I think What excites me the most about this is this is the piece of the puzzle that we all can have. We all can have a little bit of a role in what Jay and Brandy do every day by sharing their story. So if it's as simple as uh, watching the film and sharing it with a friend, and it's a simple email, it's a text, it's a share on Facebook, or going the next step and hosting a screening. I think one of the things that we are experimenting with this time around is It's connection is really important right now. And if we can connect with people in a space where conversation can really flourish and great ideas can happen because of this film. We want to encourage people to do that. So we'll be having uh, digital screenings where we'll be able to talk to Brandy and Jay and get to hear from them a little bit more about where they are now, what the process was like when they were going through it with Sally and Andrew. So I I think there's, there's so much that's yet to come with this and discussion is really at the heart of it.
0: And you know, Brittany, I learned this recently that there are Chrome add-ons where you can co-view something and it'll bring up a little chat box off to the side. I think that might be specific to Netflix, the one that was recommended to me, but I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't technology like that out there too, to where if they're not able to make the, the more formal screening, uh, finding ways to do that within your admin team, within your you know department, within your whatever group, right? Can, like your your parent teacher association. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: one of the things that we have at least started exploring is what if we give you a little homework assignment? Your, we, your homework is to watch the film before the meeting at this time, so we can come with Uh, some time to think and reflect on our own and then ask questions and get to hear from other people their perspective on what they experienced. So that's one of our workarounds with that is uh, how do we kind of invite people and enroll them into the experience of watching the film on their own time and then coming together to really have that next step conversation. So that does look exactly like the staff meetings and it's the times of the, the day where you can have connection. It gives, it's a book club in some ways.
0: I love that. And uh, Sally, I'll ask you to kind of bring us home here then I guess um, with a parting message.
2: Well, since everyone's already said watch it, um, I just want to say watch it. Uh, (laughs) Watch it and share it and and just make sure that everyone knows it's on our website iloveps.org. They're free for everyone and we encourage everyone to use them and there are hundreds of films on our website that people can use and The one plug I wanna give is um, I have a senior in high school. And for those who have kids and grandkids that are thinking about what what happens next in their future, I think they should consider social work or counseling. We have an enormous shortage of those professionals in our state and in our country. And I think um, as hard as Brandy and Jay's jobs are, they love what they do because they know they're making a difference. So just suggest that's one action step you could take besides watching it is talk to people about that, that career. So thank you so much for asking us to share our story with you and really thoughtful questions. And I'm so glad that Brittany and Andy were able to participate because it, it is absolutely a team effort. So,
0: And Sally, so I feel that way about the work in education just leave it that that broad, right? That we're in this together. And it's been inspiring for me to be able to listen to this conversation today and to hear about all the uh, great work that, that you all are doing. And so thank you for that. Uh, thank you for sharing here. And I look forward to our continued and ongoing collaboration, right? In support of these, these same things. So thanks.
3: Thank you, Andrew.